Hey everyone, it's me, Rebecca. I'm currently on maternity leave, and while I'm away, we picked out some of our earlier episodes from the No Limits Vault so that you can get caught up and enjoy while I'm off. And just so you know, I pre-recorded this, so I actually am spending time with my baby right now. Bye. I come from such a modest background and working class background and such a different background. This would have been in a way beyond my wildest dreams as a kid, but I did dream it. And I think you have to have the vision of what's possible in order for it to come true. So there was something in me that really felt like anything could be possible. From ABC, it's No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis, and each week we're talking to the most influential women playing at the top of their game, trying to demystify success and what it really takes to get there and all the trade-offs. Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. On today's show, you've probably heard of The Honest Company, but how well do you know the story behind it? Jessica Elba, the co-founder, gets candid about everything from her childhood to her first heartbreak to creating and running a multi-billion dollar company and, of course, her worst advice. I caught up with her in Los Angeles. Jessica Elba, welcome to No Limits. It's great to see you. And nice to see you, too. I look at your career. You have already accomplished so much. You're still so young. You're building a family. I don't feel young. You don't? (laughs) No, I feel tired. Really? (laughs) Very tired. When did the when did you start feeling tired? You you... I think when I turned 31. That's (laughs) what happened. What changed? Um, well, I was like two kids in, a company in, and I realized how much I just wanted to sleep. I never slept in my twenties, ever. And uh, and then I just realized how much I just needed I actually need sleep. Because you were so busy building things. By the way, we all need sleep. I think Ariana Huffington would like it if I yeah, said that. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And I never really valued it before. And I didn't sleep as a kid either. I was very hyper. But uh, yeah, no, I guess I always kind of feel like even when I wake up in the morning, I'm sort of like, when do I get to take a nap? <laughs> it might be because I'm pregnant right now, though. It's extra tired. You moved around a lot as a kid. I did. Your dad was in the Air Force. Yeah, he was. What was your childhood like? Did you always think I want to be an actor? I yes. want to Yes. Yes. What yes. was it what what was it that appealed to you? I wanted to be somebody else. Um I think that was the biggest thing. I wanted to be a superhero. Which was, now you you've had the opportunity have, to try a few times. I have. Um I I was really sick as a kid and um and I was really insecure and um and I was really uncomfortable in my own skin and so if I got to be someone else there was something so liberating about that and then um and I really w- loved superheroes and so I always wanted to be one who is your favorite um superman i mean superman. i mean i'm like and then shira of course of course yeah so you love superheroes. I read you started out in commercials and you did a Nintendo commercial early on. Actually, my first job was a movie, a Disney movie. Um, I, I wasn't um, nice enough to get commercials. I was a, I was kind of a moody kid, but um, I got to play a tomboy and play video games, which is all I did as a kid was play video games and sports. So um, so I was in a N- Nintendo commercial and I got to like throw a football. So. What would your 10-year-old self think if we went back and said, by the way, she's going to co-found a multi-billion dollar company. She's going to appear in all of these films. She's going to have a great family. Um, dope. <laughs> I 
<laughs> would she have been surprised or would she have been, were you on a mission? Um, I, I mean, I, I come from such a modest background and working class background and such a different background. This would have been in a way beyond my wildest dreams as a kid, but I did dream it. And, um, and I think you have to have the vision of what's possible in order for it to come true. So there was something in, in me that really felt like anything could be possible. I think that's so true. You have to know what's possible. And this is why we do No Limits. This is why I want to have these conversations because careers like yours, for outsiders looking in, it's kind of like, wait, how would I even begin? What, what's even the first step? Um, I think just not really caring about what other people think and staying in, on your own path and being authentic to, to what you want out of life. And just sticking to that, persevering, I guess, and um, not taking no for an answer. Not taking no for an answer, which, by the way, I'm sure as an actor, as well as in business, we hear (laughs) that word a lot. You hear all the no's every day. (laughs) Even when you're successful, they still manage to tear you down in entertainment. It's It's a very strange business. How do you turn the no into a yes? Um, I think you have to walk in and not necessarily care so much about getting, um, validation from outsiders and, um, you really have to be on your own journey and you have to be fulfilled as a person. And I think things will just sort of open up, um, if, if your heart's in the right place and your, if your head's in the right place. With the Honest Company, you famously now, it's a story that's been told, looked at all of these products and said, wait, what are these ingredients when you were having your first child? What are these ingredients? Why are there no products on the market that I can use that I feel are completely safe for me and my family? Mm -hmm. And so you set out on this mission to create a business. I think there, you know, there, there were some companies that were doing certain things very well, but it was, you know, really kind of, um, fractioned off. And, and it was like, this company does that one thing really well. And that company does that one thing really well. And it was just like the time I had to put in to just like shop around this issue. It was, no one has enough hours in the day. And, um, and I, I just felt like it just should be easier mm-hmm. and people should just have a solution that they could trust. And, uh, and that's really where the idea came from. Cause there's lots of different companies out there that are doing great things, but it's often just one thing they're doing great. And, um, and so I just felt like, couldn't it just be easier to just have one company that does all the hard work for me? And that I know, you know, human health safety is number one for them. Um, and, uh, and I can just trust that it's all going to be great. Something I really admire about your story in particular is that, you were underestimated, and yet you continued on. You kept pushing forward. You were told early on, don't launch with a bunch of products, stick to one product. You said, no, we're going to launch with a whole suite of products because that's what people want. That's what I want as a consumer. Yeah, I think I I really always stuck to, I think if you are, especially if you're building a business around a, a specific consumer and you happen to be that consumer as well. There's just stuff that you know about yourself and your needs that, you know, you can do, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars of market research um, and try and gather the data to back up what you already know. 
Um, or you can just go and make things with all of the standards that you care about. And so building, you know, certainly education was really important for me, but breaking it down in a way that felt really accessible, like a girlfriend's guide to, you know, how to put together, you know, a a green, quote unquote, green home or like clean up your, your ingredients in your beauty regime or how to pack like the ultimate, you know, easy out the door diaper bag. Like I just wanted someone to help me and, and be my friend along the way. Um, instead of me having to scour the internet to find solutions for my life. I don't have that much time. And so I wrote a book called The Honest Life that really laid out those solutions. And then um, our blog and our social media content really speaks to that. It's more um, like a friend. Mm-hmm. And and the education is is accessible and easy to understand and digestible. And then um, building that community of like-minded folks uh, I thought it was really important. It's important for me. Um, and then, of course, creating the solution in, in our products. When you're in film, there's this, I would say, as an outsider looking in, this deep necessity to be liked, to be loved by your fan base. But when you're in business, there's there's so many, there's so many layers to it, right? Like there's the respect angle. And sometimes in the world of business, when you have to do something to be respected, people might not like you for it. How do you balance those two things in your head? We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. When you're in film, there's this, I would say, as an outsider looking in this deep necessity to be liked, to be loved by your fan base. But when you're in business, there's there's so many there's so many layers to it. Right. Like there's the respect angle. And sometimes in the world of business, when you have to do something to be respected, people might not like you for it. How do you balance those two things in your head? I think you have to operate with self-awareness in everything that you do. And I think you have to know your audience. And I think it's how you communicate what you're trying to get across. And whether it's something someone, you know, uh, agrees with or not, I think if you do it in a tactful way, you will have respect. And, And still be liked by a lot of people. You know, I think I think if you're not doing anything to try and harm someone, generally you'll be liked. But there's also some people who are just grumpy and negative <laughs> and they're gonna try and, and they're all over the internet. And 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 they're just in the world. And and I think you kinda have to have like a little bit of an armor around you and, and hopefully not allow their energy to penetrate. Um, yourself and your, you know, being. And so um, I guess just trying to be happy genuinely 
and in operating with the best of intentions is all I can control. I can't control someone else's emotions. What's the toughest lesson you've had to learn through all of this? Um, not everyone is operating with the same integrity that I am. And I think, um, I, I get disappointed in people when I think they are, um, because, you know, I do tell the truth. I'm brutally honest. Um, sometimes I'm a little black and white, but I'm self-aware enough to say, I'm sorry when I make mistakes, Um, but at the end of the day, I do have the best of intentions Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, and I kind of feel like other people do not everyone, but certain people. And when I realize that they don't, um, it kind of bumps me out. How do you address that? Because I feel that too. I feel like I'm such a straight shooter and it's such a letdown when you're working with someone that you think is going to be that way. And And then it turns out they're not. So how do you, how do you deal with that? work in progress (laughs) and meditate (laughs) and try to learn from, from that experience and, and hopefully not allow it to, I think the biggest thing is when you do get slighted, um, it's sort of like my first boyfriend who really broke my heart. It was hard for me to love again. And I think, um, no one should ever affect you so much or hurt you so much that they close you off and close your heart off from trusting, um, or from loving or, or experiencing a real human connection. So, um, I think that's kind of the biggest challenge in it for me. Some people unfortunately never get to that point where they, they recognize that it's hard. It is, it is because you're in so much pain. And it's hard to not let that pain pervade or to all just of the shut other down. things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you had to pinpoint one or two things that you do that make you successful, that everyone out there who looks up to you and admires you, that you're a role model to, could try and emulate, what would those things be? It's even weird when you say, like, all of that stuff. Because I'm like, really? People think that way? Um, hmm. It kind of makes me shy and uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's okay. I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> like, people look up to me that's so much pressure. And you said you meditate, and that's one thing I'm not you do. great at it. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I've done TM, uh, which I, you know, everyone was like, you got to do TM. It's life-changing. And I, I have a hard time just, like, doing TM. I have to be honest. I, I kind of like guided and so I invested in this company called Headspace, and uh, and the guided really helps me because when my brain wants to go into different zones or when I get distracted, even though with TM you should still say your same mantra over and over again, I, I have a really I'm just maybe I'm not that evolved um, with my meditation <laughs> practice to do it, um, but I really appreciate having the guidance, and I also appreciate the little like snackable like here's a two minute on focus or here's a five minute or here's 15 minutes, um, on sleep or, you know, there's just something that's just for me, that's been very helpful. And then, um, in a weird way, when I'm exercising, um, it, it's a time where I'm just focused on breathing and like not hurting myself or not, um, you know, dying um (laughs) from exercise well you work out hard well like uh, my cycling class you're just like 
it's sometimes it's really this. hard or like hot yoga. Uh, so you just have to focus on the breath and stay connected to your body that it won't allow my brain to go and think about work or any of the stresses in life. So it becomes almost a weird meditation in a way. What is the worst advice you've received? I feel like when I was younger, this happened a lot. People who didn't know me very well would always tell me that I needed to, um, like, um, what is it? Like schmooze or like go (laughs) to like things and be seen at the thing. Um, or like date somebody that is like a powerful person and, I just that I that always made me so nauseous because um, I'm not a person. I'm terrible with small talk and I'm terrible with strangers and and I really it really makes me uncomfortable to think that I uh, I achieved or accomplished accomplished any goal by being in the vicinity of someone else or associated with someone else. I always wanted to work for everything myself. So um, I think I got that a lot in my twenties and in my late teens. And I never took the advice, um, but I would have to say that's pretty bad advice. Uh, I think, for me at least, I'm sure it works for other folks. But. No, I really appreciate and admire you sharing that and, and respect the idea that you wanted to earn it. Yeah. The whole way. Always, yeah. Jessica Alba, thanks so much for joining me on No Limits. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, it's now time for our No Limits Entrepreneur of the Week, where we feature one of our listeners who's building something of her own. And our No Limits Entrepreneur this week was nominated by No Limits listener Hannah Pittman. Gigi Butler is the culinary creator and the founder of Gigi's Cupcakes. She was born in Oklahoma, raised in California, and eventually moved to Nashville, Tennessee. She came from a family of bakers, but didn't realize that her own passion for baking could become a business opportunity until she took a trip with her brother to New York City in 2007. They went to one of the famous cupcake shops here and waited in line for nearly two hours, two hours for cupcakes, (laughs) before finally getting to try one. Her brother proclaimed that Gigi's homemade cupcakes were much better, and he suggested she open a cupcake shop back in Nashville. So Gigi went back to Nashville, where she continued her cleaning business, which is what she was doing at the time. But she made a decision, then and there, to start Gigi's Cupcakes, and she took a huge risk. She took $100,000 cash advance from her credit cards. Reminder to all of you, this is a risky step, a very risky step, but it worked out and paid off for Gigi. She opened the first Gigi's Cupcakes in 2008, and today it's one of the largest cupcake franchises in the nation with more than 100 Gigi's Cupcakes locations in over 24 states. Last year, they took in roughly $40 million in sales and sold the company to the Texas-based private equity group FundCore. So I want to congratulate you, Gigi Butler, who continues to work for Gigi's Cupcakes. Continued success to you. And thank you to Hannah for the nomination. I'm loving reading over your emails, loving hearing about all of your stories out there. So make sure to keep sending them. If you or someone you know should be featured here on No Limits as the Entrepreneur of the Week, send me your nomination to No Limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. That's No Limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, we're going to start answering your career questions here on the show. So send those to us too. If you got a question, something that's burning, maybe you hate your boss, maybe you want to change careers. Maybe you need a raise, a promotion. Email me. Let me know what your question is, and we're going to put you on the show. 
No limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of No Limits. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. It really does help to spread the word. And you can follow along with us behind the scenes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Rebecca Jarvis. And join the conversation using the hashtag No Limits. Quite original, I know. And thanks so much to the team here at ABC who makes this happen week after week. Taylor Dunn, Michelle Bancardo, Annie Osakwe, Josh Cohan, Elizabeth Hecht, Andrew Kelb, and Steve Jones here at ABC Radio. Have a great week, everyone. Take care.